Sailing Yachts Paper with your host, Dennis Beard. How do you know who's right? Many claim miracles, signs, lying wonders, and the truth, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Speak with new tongues. They'll cast out devils. Lay hands on the sick shall recover. They drink any deadly thing, it won't hurt them. Take up serpents, and it will not hurt them. Mark 16. But yet, we find in 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter, Paul talking about, there'll be deceivers in the last days. Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, Jesus said, Many will come in my name, Jesus, and shall deceive many. And he says, if it were possible, the very elect would be deceived. Even John, whenever he saw Mr. Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots, abomination of the earth, and he wondered with admiration. He wondered at this thing. And the angel said, I'll tell you what this is. She rides on a scarlet-colored beast. That's where she gets her ideology, her faith, her belief system. And it's a false Jesus. It's a false Christ. It's a beast. It's an antichrist. It's a number of the man. It's a number of a beast. And we see that in Revelation 13. Let him that hath wisdom count the number of the beast, for it's a number of a man. And the man is a head of gold, that breast of silver and arms of silver, that loins of brass, legs of iron and feet of iron and mighty clays. Makes one man. But we can see in Daniel's day when he talked about this great vision that he saw, the dream that he gave to Nebuchadnezzar. And he told Nebuchadnezzar the dream and the interpretation and told Nebuchadnezzar, you're this head of gold. And then there would be a progressive kingdoms replacing others. So it went from, at that time, Babylon, Media, Persia, Greece, and Rome. And everyone knows that. Anyone that studied any eschatology at all knows that. But the number of that man, the number of that beast, the 603 score and 6 is not written 603 score and 6. It was written with Greek letters. Key, Z, stigma. Key, 600. Which is the number of Christ that he is a man of war. He's a god of the battles. And stigma, six, which in the beginning stood for man, our flesh. But there is a Z in the middle of it, key Z stigma. That Z is written as a coal snake in the Greek, ready to strike. Sixty, it stands against or rebels against, withstands whatever it is. Whatever it is in there, the Z stands against it. So, 600, Christ. Stigma is come in the flesh. That's of God. And that's how we have to try the spirits. Not whether or not whether there was a miracle performed or not. Because God even said, Deuteronomy 13, if the thing that the man says comes to pass, saying, let us go after other gods, little G-O-D-S, the Lord God trieth you to see if you love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and might. And he let these miracles happen. Matter of fact, God allows it, and he is the one sending the strong delusion. Jeremiah 4 says, God, with God, it is as if, Jeremiah speaking, as if you have deceived this people, saying, Peace, and behold, the sword reaches unto the soul. So the devil takes this as his door of entry into the body of Christ, standing in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. By peace, Jesus said, you think I come to send peace, but rather a sword to set a man at variance, the father against the son, the mother against the daughter, the mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. Well, what's the deception in the last days? We can't go off of signs because we're going to see that the Antichrist in the last days, in 2 Thessalonians 2, will do signs, miracles, and lying wonders. 
And if it were possible, it will deceive the very elect. If it were possible. Many coming in the name of Jesus. Overthrowing the faith of many. Wormwood. That in that, that uh, wormwood that comes down from heaven and smites the seed. And all that, see, the water was made bitter, and all that had life died. Wormwood. Wormwood is the bitterness, of course, but it's peace. We see in Daniel, the book of Daniel, the 11th chapter, that this devil, this antichrist, this northern army, takes the kingdom by flatteries and by peace shall destroy many. Well, everybody knows that God is love. No one will refute that. No one will argue that or debate that. God is love. But he's also holy. He cannot deny himself. His word is forever settled in heaven. And he cannot lie. He can't go back on his word. Love that he is will not trump his and change his word. His word is forever settled in heaven. Therefore, it's incumbent upon us. The burden is on us, the body of Christ, to find the will of God and to do it. Now, many will claim miracles in the last days that God is confirming his word with these signs, divers, miracles, and wonders and gifts of the Holy Ghost. Many will say that. We have to try the spirits to see whether they are of God. Now, any man that takes the power of God and attributes that to Satan has blasphemed the Holy Ghost. You speak a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven you. You speak a word and blaspheme the Holy Ghost, a divine miracle of God, the power of God, and deny it, where there's a notable miracle, and attribute that to Satan. You have blasphemed the Holy Ghost. Many will come against the power of God, and they'll deny the power thereof. They have a form of godliness, but they'll deny the power thereof. Some will say that it's against speaking in tongues, which is given the gift of the Holy Ghost. And in Acts 2, the fourth verse, it says, And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. He never took it out of the church. The tongues is given as a sign to the unbeliever. With stammering lips and other tongues, will I speak to this people? That's a sign to the unbeliever, but it is a gift of the Holy Ghost. And we find that these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They'll speak with new tongues. They did that on the day of Pentecost. It's still in the church. But he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, let him pray that he may interpret in the body, that is in the congregation, that he may interpret that all may be edified. If he speaks in an an unknown tongue and gives thanks, he gives thanks well. But the others are not edified. They don't understand. And if you speak to him in an unknown tongue that doesn't know, then you'll be into him as a barbarian because it's not edified. But if you have interpretation, then the desires of their heart, the one that come into the church, their secrets of their heart will be made manifest and they'll say that God is in you of a truth. To the believer that has the Holy Ghost, many will say, how did you know that? How did you know that this is what I was going through? How did you know I've told this to no one? Well, the secrets of the heart are made manifest by the Holy Ghost, and they'll say that God is in you of a truth. The devil reads the soul. Can he read the mind? Of course. Zachariah, whenever he was doing about in the course of Abijah, there he had a visitation and said, Zechariah, you're going to have a son and you're going to call his name John. And a because he didn't believe it. How did the angel know that? He didn't say, I do not believe you. He just knew because the angel can read the mind. God, not only the mind, but reads the heart. Jesus read their hearts. The spirit. The devil can't do that. He can read your mind. 
It's a soul thing. You see, whenever Adam fell, one man's disobedience sin came to the world death by sin. He ate of the tree of knowledge. And knowledge is in the soul realm, mind, will, emotions, imagination, intellect, not the spirit in the heart. And it's with the heart man believeth, not with the intellect, but with the heart, the spirit of man. So the confession, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So how do we try the spirits? Somebody worked a miracle. But he says, there's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. Did we believe it? Well, we have to try the spirits to see whether they are of God. Many will claim miracles in the last days. Some of them, there will be that God will allow the strong delusion that they would believe a lie and be damned because they received not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Now these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They will do the same works that Jesus did in healing the sick, cleansing the leper, raising the dead, casting out devils, open blind eyes, loose the dumb tongue, the lame walk, and the captive going free, doing the redemption miracles of Jesus. But Jesus said, greater works than these shall you do, the works that accompany salvation. It's the works of the Holy Ghost. He, Jesus said, if I with the finger of God cast out devils, know you the kingdom of God, it's come down to you. Now he's given this power, the power of the Holy Ghost, to us, the body of Christ, as believers. And as we work in the gifts of the Holy Ghost by faith, for it's not by the hearing of the law, but the hearing of faith that we do these works. The works that accompany salvation, the Holy Ghost being made manifest, the glory of God in healing the sick, cleansing the leper, raising the dead, etc. Those are redemption miracles. But Jesus said, greater works at least shall you do, because I go to my Father. Glorify with the Father's own self, set down in the Father's throne, Revelation 3.21. He is the Father revealed. Now he says, in righteousness, the revelation of Jesus that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. Satan signified it by his angel unto John. But righteousness now is obtained by the believer through obedience. And that obedience is whosoever we yield our members as servants to obey him or the servants to whom we obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience under righteousness, for the Holy Ghost is given to them that obey him. Well, righteousness. There in John 16, Jesus stated, said, when the uh, Holy Ghost has come, he will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. We're focusing on righteousness. Of sin, because they believe not on me, Jesus said. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father. And of judgment, because the prince of this world judge. Now, we focus on righteousness. Because we see in Daniel 12 that those that are the true obedient servants of God that are in the body of Christ, they will shine forth as the stars in the firmament in brilliancy, the brilliance, glory of God, and those that turn many to righteousness. Turn them to righteousness is that revelation of Jesus. He that knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Well, how does righteousness work? What is righteousness? Not just being right. That is not a biblical righteousness. Because we see in John 16, Jesus said, they're in righteousness, the Holy Ghost will reprove the world of righteousness because I, the man, Christ Jesus, go to my Father. Not around him, not beside him, not at the right hand, but to my Father. We see that in Revelation 3.21. Many think there's a man standing at the right hand of God and that he is not the, the Spirit of God. He's not that uh, spirit, the father of glory, but he's a man at the right hand of God and the spirit of God's in it. Many believe that. But when we take a good look at it and it's revealed by the spirit of God, the Lord is that spirit. Jesus is the Lord and the Lord is that spirit, not a part of the spirit. Second Corinthians three seventeen: the Lord is 
that spirit. God is a spirit. Jesus is that spirit. He is the Lord. So there's a revelation there. And this is where, for the most part, by the body of Christ, believing ecumenical councils and synods in 325 AD, the Council of Nicaea, the Nicene Creed, and the Chalcedonian definition of 451 AD and the God-man, that they believe in a trinity. Therefore, God is doing a work in the last days to reveal Jesus Christ that he is the only true God in eternal life. He is the Father of glory. He is the Almighty God. And when we understand that we must have this revelation in righteousness, he does judge and make war. Jesus is that God. He is the Lord, that spirit, 2 Corinthians 3.17. Jesus, he was in the form of God, Philippians 2.6. And being in the form of God, Morpha, that is an eternal form. Always has been, always will be in the form of God's spirit. He's in that spirit. He is that spirit. Always has been that spirit. Before Abraham was, I am. We find in Colossians 1, 16 to 17, Jesus created all things. Whether it be thrones, principalities, powers, things visible, invisible, all things were made by Jesus Christ. He is that spirit. Well, somebody said, well, why didn't he reveal his name in the Old Testament? Well, I'll answer that question with a question. Would you, if you have a rental house and you're just going to be passing through, would you pour concrete and chisel your name in it or chisel your name in the door entering into your house? You would say, no, negative. I wouldn't do that because I'm just renting this house. I'm passing through. It's not mine. And it's certainly not a permanent abode where I'm going to be forever. But Jesus, when God was going to be manifest in the flesh forever in a permanent dwelling, a permanent tabernacle, a permanent manifestation, a permanent tabernacle forever, then and only then he'll place his name for all to see the revealed name of God revealed in his tabernacle in flesh. And he did that. He was seen in the Old Testament. Jesus, who is that spirit, made himself of no reputation before the world was. That's how God did it, that we could have and see any form of God in that Morpha in a state, what we call theophanies in the Old Testament. We see that Jacob wrestled with the angel. And that angel was a redeeming angel. We see it in Genesis 48. We see Moses going on to the Mount of Transfer, uh, Moses going on uh, there, bringing up to Mount Moriah, there to offer his son, Isaac. And there at that, at that point, Isaac asked his father, we have all the stuff, all the materials for the sacrifice, but where is the ram? Where is the sacrifice? And Abraham said, God will provide himself a sacrifice. Not for a sacrifice, himself a sacrifice. And he did. God provided himself a sacrifice. He is that sacrifice. That's why God looked for a man. He had to have a man. Because by one man's disobedience, sin came to the world and death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. But who is that servant? God has to have a man. A man of a kinsman redeemer, of an Adam, that death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned at the similitude of Adam, of who was the figure of him that was to come. And Adam, after the fall, and Adam in under the law. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. Not the father speaking to a spirit in heaven. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made in under the law. There, God provided himself a sacrifice. God himself. When you see in Philippians 2, 6, that God had to have a man, a kinsman redeemer, 
be one of us to redeem us that under the law. He looked for a man. He had to have a man. But he was amazed he could find none. For all it sent come short of the glory of God, none good, no, not one. We find in Isaiah 59, 16. Therefore God looked for a man, because his amazed he could find none. Therefore his own arm brought salvation to himself. God's own arm. The arm of flesh. He provided himself, that flesh, his own human, to work salvation in and of himself alone. We see it again in Isaiah 63, 5. That God will provide a sacrifice for me, God said. We also see how he did it. That in Isaiah 43, verse 10. Thus saith the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That's the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the Spirit, the Father of glory. The Elohim, the El Shaddai. That is Jehovah Lord. The Tetragrammaton. Thus saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen. Well, that certainly sounds like another person. In the intellect, we would we would make that summary. We would make that deduction. And we'd say, yes, that is another person. But not in the spirit. Because we want to believe God and what he said. And the testimony that he gives of himself. And he said, thus saith the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, the spirit of God, the invisible spirit of God that in that is in, inhabits heaven and earth, is everywhere, omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent, omnipotent. That God and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know, have full knowledge, and understand, have the understanding of the Godhead. And believe me, don't believe bishops, apostles, prophets, or denominational. Believe what God says, his word. That you know, may know and believe me and understand that I am he. I am that servant. And he tells exactly, Isaiah says exactly how God did it. Before me, there was no God formed. Neither shall be after me. See now that I am God thy Savior. I'm the Lord thy Redeemer. I'm the Holy One of Israel. No Holy Trinity there. Now, it stands to reason in a natural mind that the servant would not be the Spirit. But God says, I am that. I am that man. I am that servant. So how does God do it? Well, it surprised the devil because the princes of this world, if they had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory, God Almighty. They wouldn't have done it. Paul states that. How then? They didn't understand it. They thought by crucifying the Lord Jesus Christ that it was over. That no one was able to fulfill that law. No one was able to redeem mankind back. Satan thought he had won the battle. Taking God at his own word and thinking by God's own word that he had literally put God in a corner in a catch-22 where Satan would then rule the prince of the power of this air forever. But he did not understand the counsel of wisdom of God. There, which was prophesied as soon as Adam fell in Genesis 3.15, the first proto-evangel of the Hamashiach, the Messiah, the Christ. Though that servant, I'm going to put enmity between you and a woman, between your seed and her seed. You're going to bruise his head, and thou, serpent, will bruise his heel, not her heel, his heel. Then he said, Cherubim at the east end of the garden, God with a flaming sword, turning every which way. That's a capital C, Cherubim, which is lion, man, ox, and eagle. We have the four Gospels, according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, lion, man, ox, and eagle. The righteousness that we're focusing on to turn many to righteousness is that we are to come out of Babylon, confusion, because you ask anyone, can you understand the Godhead? And they'll say, no, you can't understand it. Somehow God is one, but there's three. And just believe it by faith. Well, that's not what God said. He said, I want you to know, believe me and understand 
that I am he. I want you to know it. I want you to have this revelation, this knowledge, this understanding that I am that man, that God himself made himself an arm of flesh. Isaiah 53, 1, but to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? It has to be revealed. No man comes to Jesus except the Father draws him. And I'm talking about the real Jesus. I'm not talking about a denominational Jesus or a worldly Jesus. I'm talking about the real Jesus. Well, Paul tells us in Philippians 2, verse 6 through 8, that Jesus, who being in the form of God, always has been God, created all things, made himself of no reputation. God himself, not the son of God, not an angel, but God himself, being in the form of God, made himself of no reputation, no repute. It's called a kenosis. K-E-N-O-O. Greek word meaning he lays aside his glory. He makes void. He puts a self-imposed limitation upon himself as spirit, not, not cease and desisting from being God. He's always been God and always will be God. But saying I'm going to put a self-imposed limitation upon myself, that I'm not going to work as spirit. I'm going to lay aside the glory, not work in my glory, in my power, my dignity. And I'm going to take upon me the form of a servant. That's that servant you just read in Isaiah 43.10. Thus saith the Lord and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know, believe me, and understand that I am he. God is that man. Not a part of the Godhead, not a second person of the Godhead, but he is that man. There he says, Paul states it very plainly, that Jesus makes himself as God of no reputation, takes upon him the form of a servant. He's always been God, but he's not going to work as God. Puts a self-imposed limitation upon himself, takes upon him the form of a servant made in the likeness of men, being found in fashion as a man, humbled himself to the death, the death of the cross. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name above every name. And at the name of Jesus, that every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord, that is Jehovah God Almighty, to the glory of the Father. We find that Jesus, in the days of his flesh, is made a man under the law. Galatians 4, verse 4. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, the word. He sent that word, which is the father, which is the Holy Ghost. Into the world. And of a young virgin named Mary. Told her, you're going to have a son. He will be called the son of the highest. You're going to have a son, a little S-O-N. And he will be called the son of the highest, capital S-O-N. We find the same thing in Isaiah 9, 5. Unto us, a child is born. That's a child. Unto us, a son is given. And the government shall rest upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, only used of God. Not a second person of a Godhead only of God, full of wonder, wonderful, counselor, the mighty God, not the mighty son of God, the mighty God, the everlasting father. That's his essence of who he is. The son of God is the father revealed, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, Isaiah 9, 6. That's righteousness. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him through the work, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Righteousness is that he is that God. Made himself of no reputation in John 16, 
and he came from the Father, proceeded from the Father. Just as water proceeds from a water in a river in a waterfall and comes down to the river, the stream, it's the same water that was uh, in the river and came down a waterfall and came into the lower river. Same water. He proceeded from the Father. He came into the world. Who? God himself. God with us. Emmanuel. The Lord Jehovah God Almighty. We know that Luke says, born in the city of David, Christ, the Lord. The Lord Jehovah God Almighty. There's not two lords. There's only one Lord. The Lord said unto my Lord, that Lord, capital L-O-R-D, is the invisible spirit of God. Said unto my Lord. What is that? That is the man with the spirit of God without in him without measure. That Lord, capital L, small O-R-D, is the man that is the manifestation of God. God manifest in the flesh. 1 Timothy 3.16. Now we're getting to the real Jesus. And that's what God is doing in judgment in these last days moving in judgments in this earth to get men to return back to him in righteousness. And in John 16, he, he, he expounds and focuses on righteousness. He said that, that Holy Ghost, which is the spirit of Jesus, will reprove the world of righteousness because I go to my father. Now that's key. Not around him, not beside him, to him. We see that in Revelation 3.21. Jesus said, him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne, S-I-T, to sit, a position, positional, even as I overcame. Where did you go, Jesus? Even as I overcame and am set, S-E-T, a forever settled state of glory, always has been, and always will be God, even though he humbled himself to take on a body of flesh and blood for us, not for him, for us. Even as I overcame, Jesus said, and I am set, S-E-T, settled, set down with my father in his throne. All power in heaven and earth given unto Jesus. When somebody said, well, why did he pray the father? Well, he's under the law, isn't he? The man is under the law. That law is there, and it still divides a wall of partition, God from man. Well, God's manifest in the man. Well, the law's still there, and as long as that law's still there, the man, on our behalf, has to show us the way, the truth, and life through prayer, fasting, dedication, consecration, showing us the way, the truth, and life. He shows us prayer. He shows us in his emptied state of glory. He's one of us, a man under the law. And what the law could not do, Romans 8, 3, and that it was weak in the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. And Adam, after the fall, we find in Galatians 4, verse 4, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. Now, the word, which is the father, the Holy Ghost, made flesh. John 1, 14. The word, Jesus is the word. That spirit, he is the father. He is the Holy Ghost. That's the reason Jesus told him in the world, while he was in his humiliated state as a man, that has made himself the spirit, making himself of no reputation so he can work salvation as a man for us on our behalf, says, I'll pray the Father to send you another comforter. Why? Why is he praying to the Father? Because he's emptied out of a state of glory. He's under the law. And that law is a metal wall of partition that parts God from man. Well, he is God. Yes, he is. You can worship Jesus as a baby and not being idolatry, but the law is still there. And that's the key. The law is still there. Until Jesus, as a man made it under the law, fulfills that law, being tempted at all points like as we are yet without sin, 
in all points of the law, and then as a free will offering, offer himself as a sacrifice for sin, made it under the law to redeem us under the law by taking the ordinances of that law and nailing it to his cross. Until then, that wall of petitions there, and he has to pray to the Father, which is his own spirit. But remember, he's made himself of no reputation. He's coming under the law. And by coming in under the law, his human is still parted as a wall of partition, parted from God, the spirit, his father. He is the father. Yes, but he's made himself of no reputation to become one with us and showing us what we have to do to fulfill that law that he did, making us the way, truth, and the life in him, by him, and through Christ Jesus. He's the one that fulfilled the law. We couldn't do it. It was weak in the flesh. And being weak in the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Dying, that is, ripping the veil, being destroyed from top to bottom. That is to say his flesh. Taking the metal wall, that wall of partition. And as long as that law is there, Jesus has to pray to the Father because he's in our stead. He's our propitiation. And he's showing us the way, the truth, and life. How did he get out of the law? He made himself of no reputation. God himself made himself of no reputation. Laid aside his glory to take on him the form of a servant made in the likeness of men. And will fulfill the law in his own body of flesh and blood, glorifying his own human back to himself. That's the true God. There's not another. There's not a trinity, a binary, or a oneness. It's a Jesus-only doctrine. And God is now revealing that, perpetuating that, proclamating it, that promulgation of it in the earth now for those that have an ear to hear. And the judgment will become more pronounced and will accelerate not to destroy mankind, but for them to return back to the true Lord God Almighty in his mercy that endureth forever. And that's righteousness. And the ones that understand and have the revelation of Jesus Christ will turn many. Look at, look at, if you will, look at Daniel, the 12th chapter, and you'll see that the ones that are believers in God, the true Jesus in the last days. He says at that time, the time of the Antichrist in Daniel uh, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, we're finding that uh, this Antichrist is going to come in and take the, uh, the earth there by flattery. He's going to have indignation against the Holy Covenant, Jesus Christ. He's going to be a prophet. He's going to forecast his devices and prosper doing it. The world's going to say, who can make war with a beast because arms stand on his part? But the people that do know their God, that know the real Jesus, will be strong and do exploits. And uh, you'll see there in Daniel 12, at that time, after a time, times half, three and a half years, 42 months of the great tribulation, shall Michael stand up. The great prince was standing for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation. That is the great tribulation. They've read about it in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. Jesus said, pray that you flight me not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day, for then shall be a time of great tribulation. This has never was, uh, since it was a nation, no, nor ever shall be again. And at that time, there, the very, the days will be shortened for the elect's sake, not for Israel, for the elect, the elect of God, the ecclesia, the called out ones. And they will be shortened for the elect's sake. And if it were possible, the very elect would be deceived. Why? Because the strong delusion will be given and sent into the world by God himself. Now that ought to 
have us stand up and pay attention. Because God said, you ought to be deceived, you will be deceived. He that's righteous, let him be righteous still. He that's wicked, let him be wicked still. The choice is ours. And at that time, through judgments, for thy judgments are made manifest in the earth, when judgments are in the earth, men will learn this righteousness. And righteousness is the revelation of Jesus, who he is. In John 16, Jesus said, I go to my Father. That's righteousness. The Holy Ghost will reprove the world of righteousness because I go to my Father. I came from him. He goes on and explains that in John 16. I came from the Father. I proceeded from him. I am the word that came from him. I am the Father of glory. There's three that bear record in heaven, the Father, Word, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one. Same exact, same spirit. 1 John 5, 7. He came into the world manifest. God manifest in the flesh. Well, justifying the spirit, seen of angels, uh, preached to the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. 1 Timothy 3.16. That is the God life, godliness. Through what Jesus did, God himself manifest in the flesh. Emmanuel, God with us. Well, by being manifest in the flesh, he fulfills the law as a man. Tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. Hebrews 4.15. And then he takes the ordinances of that law, nails it to his cross, there being the witness. God manifested the flesh. The man, not working as God, but working as a man, one of ours, one of us, a kinsman redeemer, a man like you and me, fulfill the law in every aspect. Nothing amiss in his body, soul, and human spirit. And as a free will sacrifice, he said, no man taking my life from me. I freely lay it down. No man taketh it from me. I have power to lay it down. I have power to receive it again. This I've received of my father. He said that in John 2, destroy this temple in three days. I will raise it up. No man can raise up his own body except he be God. While he was in the world, he's under the law. He's a man, one of us. That law still there separating the spirit that he is from the body of flesh that he is. So he's working redemption in and of himself. For God, that's Jesus, was in Christ, the man, reconciling the world into himself. 2 Corinthians 5, 19. God, which is Christ, made himself of no reputation, and we know Christ is God because we see that revelation of Christ in 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. Peter was given that revelation of Jesus in Matthew 16. Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Well, some say you're John the Baptist, Isaiah, Jeremiah, one of the other prophets. Who do you say I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ the son of the living God, the Christ, that whole foundation of the church, Christ, that mystery of godliness, Christ in you, the hope of glory, that mystery of Christ, the, the father and of God, the mystery of God and the father and of Christ. Yes. Colossians two, verse one through nine. It's a mystery, but it's now being revealed in its fullness. Why? Because it's more profound now than it ever was. Because the coming of the Lord draws nigh. And what is that mystery of God and the Father and of Christ? In him are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Hid. Well, Jesus said in John 16, in righteousness, I'm not going to hide anything else from you. I'm not going to speak anymore in Proverbs. I'm going to show you plainly of the Father. What's been hid? I'm going to show you plainly that I am the Father. John 16, that's righteousness. I came from the Father, I go back to him. I'll be glorified with the Father's own self. John 17, 5. With that glory I had for the foundation world, before I put it off, so mankind could have some relationship and see, have a theophany, with a burning bush with Moses, with the angel that wrestled with Jacob, with uh, Manoah, Samson's dad, father, 
on and on. All the different manifestations of God. But yet, God said, no one has seen the Father, seen God at any time. Well, what did they see? The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. He's not declared in fullness until he takes on a body of flesh and blood and grace and truth comes by him. It was not done by Moses. It wasn't done by the prophets. They desired to look into these things. And they prophesied about it. They desired to look into it. But it was to us that this truth was revealed, this mystery in Christ, where it was hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now Jesus said, I speak no more to you in Proverbs. I show you plainly of the Father. And that's what he's doing now to those that have an ear to hear. The truth. The real Jesus. And we are to behold the real Jesus. And that right now is righteousness. Because he came from the Father, goes back to the Father. That is the righteousness that the Holy Ghost will reprove the world of righteousness because I go back to my Father. I came from him. I go back to him. I'm the word. I am the father revealed. I made myself a real reputation. I died, was buried, rose again, and went back to my former glory. Told Pilate, what and if you shall see the son of man ascend back up to heaven where he was before, what will you do then? That is exactly what righteousness is. Said, I'm no more speaking to you in Proverbs. Not going to be any hidden I'm going to show you plainly the revelation, the reveal, the unveiling. God manifest in flesh. And as he did and fulfilled the law, being tempted at all points like as we are, just like he told those disciples. He says there, I'm going to pray the Father, send you another comforter. Why? Because he's emptied out of glory. He's under the law. He's got to do that. Because he's as a man made an under the law to redeem us under the law. He's got to fulfill the law. He's got to break down that middle wall of partition to make mankind back to God in his own body of flesh and blood. That's righteousness. And he's told them, I'll pray the Father send you another comforter whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not neither knoweth him. But you know it, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. What? I will come to you? Yes. Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. This he spake of the Holy Ghost, which was not yet given. Why? Because Christ Jesus was not yet glorified. He's got to be, he put off the glory to be a man. Then he put back on the glory, God. Then sends his spirit, the spirit of the son, which is the father. You see that in Galatians 4, 6. God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. There's only one spirit. Jesus is it. The Lord is that spirit. 2 Corinthians 3.17. He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty God. Revelation 1.8. He is a blessed and the only potentate. Not in the days of his flesh. He is the same God, yet he's emptied out of glory. He's working as one of us. Still God. He didn't cease and desist from being God but he's working as a man for our redemption, for our salvation, for our justification and ultimate sanctification, which will let in in our glorification, being glorified with Jesus just like he is in his glorified body. Our vile bodies being fashioned like into his glorious body, whereby he's able to do all things unto himself. That's righteousness. There in the last days, the devil will come in, deceive many by peace. Jesus said, you think I come to send peace? I didn't come to send peace, but rather a sword. The son of man at variance. A man against the son. Mother against the daughter. Mother-in-law against the daughter-in-law. A man's enemies will be those of his own household. Why? Because some will believe it, some won't. It'll divide the houses. And we'll find in the last days, it'll divide the church. There'll be a worldly church and a sanctified whole church. The worldly church won't make it, the church of the living God. And many will come in the name saying, we know Jesus, we know him. And Jesus said that in that day, John 16, verse 1, he said, 
I have forewarned you that you should not be offended. For the time comes, they're going to live you out of the synagogues, out of the churches. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever kills you will think that it had got a service. What? Did God a service? You'd be really messed up in your ideology and your faith system if you, if you killed one of the members of the body of Christ. But Jesus said it'll happen. Why? How will they do this? Because they have not known the Father nor me. If they'd have known the Father, Jesus said, if you'd have known the Father, you'd have known me. You should have known that I am the Father. John 8, 24, Jesus said, except you believe that I am he, the Father, you shall die in your sins. This they understood not. He spake to them of the Father, John 8, 27. They still don't understand it today. But the ones that do and will hear the word in righteousness will be made the righteousness of God in him by faith. And that's what he's doing now. So there'll be many works that miracles, signs and lying wonders, deceiving many by peace, destroying many, coming against the Holy Covenant, Jesus, by flatteries, taking the kingdoms, forecasting his devices and prosper, a prophet. And he divides the spoil and the prey among the people. Oh, they'll think that this is the Savior. But the ones that do know their God, they'll turn many to this word that we just spoke, that he, Jesus, is the Father of glory, that many that will turn the body of Christ turning many to righteousness will shine as the stars in the firmament for the brightness of the glory that turn many to righteousness. That righteousness that Jesus is the father made himself of no reputation proceeded from the father came into the world. Dad, there rose again, took the ordinance of that law as a man and nailed it to his cross. Then where'd he go? He went back to the Father. That's righteousness. And by doing that, all power in heaven and earth is given to him, Jesus. Matthew 28, 18. He comes out of the tomb, resurrected, says all power in heaven and in earth is given unto me. Why? Because the Father is given, it's given to me. That's the reason in John 16, when Jesus said, you no more, you ask in my name. You ask in my name, and I say not that I'll pray the Father for you. Why? Because all that the Father's given is given unto me. I've been glorified back to the glory I had before I put it off to become a man. I've taken it all back. The disciple said, now we believe you proceeded from the Father and you came to the world, and you know all things. You know all things. Only the Father knows all things. Jesus in his humble state is a man that no man knows the day of the hour of my coming. Not the angels, nor me, nor only my father in heaven knows the day of the hour. But now, John 16, he says, the disciples said, we know you know all things. You know the time of your coming. You know everything. You're the father. And that is righteousness. And many that turn the people to righteousness, it says here, and uh, that, that the people, many of them that sleep in the earth, shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Not everybody's going to make it. Verse 3, and they that be wise. I'm talking to the wisdom here. The wise shall understand these things. Shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. Why? And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. We'll see signs, miracles, lying wonders. They'll claim to walk on water. They'll claim to do the thing Jesus did, fly through the air. <laughs> They'll call fire down from heaven. But if they do not speak and confess that Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, the Word, the Holy Ghost, God himself, the Holy Ghost is coming in the flesh. Present in perfect tense, he's still coming in the flesh. The body of Christ. If they don't confess that, they're not of God. I don't care what they do. I don't care how many miracles they say they do. 
their signs, miracles, and their lying wonders. If it were possible, it would see the very elect. But the people that do know their God, they will not, they will not fall for it. They will know them that labor among them. They will know the voice of God, the voice, thy sheep know my voice, Jesus said, and a stranger they will not follow. The righteousness is that he's God, always has been God, and always will be God. When Jesus worked under the law as a man, you see that mystery of Christ very plainly in 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. He said the Old Testament prophets, well, he had Moses was a prophet, Samuel a prophet, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, all the way to Malachi prophets. And it says, all the Old Testament prophets search diligently into the grace that should come unto us. They search for it. Search diligently for it. Searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ that was in them. It wasn't them. It was the spirit of Christ in them that they prophesied by. That's the spirit, capital S. Christ is that spirit. He is the Father. He is the Word of God. He is the Holy Ghost. He's El Shaddai, he's Elohim, he's Jehovah. All the Jehovah titles, Jehovah Shaman, Jehovah's Tadishkinu, the Jehovah, uh, Jehovah Rofika, Jehovah Shalom, all the Jehovah titles. That is the Spirit of Christ. When it signified, when it prophesied or testified beforehand, beforehand the sufferings of Christ. Oh, now, Christ, the Spirit, is going to suffer for us. There's a mystery there. Well, that mystery of God, the Father, and of Christ. The mystery is Christ is God. Christ is the Father. Christ is the Son. Christ is the Holy Ghost. And we have that mystery of Christ because in Matthew 16, Jesus asked the disciples, but who do you say I am? Thou art the Christ, Peter said, the son of the living God. The son is that God. He is the father. He is the Christ. He is God manifest in the flesh. He's the revealed God. Now we can reveal that name, that everlasting name, the name that is above every name, the revealed name of God, the blood name of God, the only name whereby you can be saved, Acts 4.12, the name Jesus. We believe, we have believed in the name of the Son of God. How do you believe in the name of the Son of God? That he is the Father of glory. Jesus, Jehovah, God himself, is salvation. Just as God said he was. And would be in Isaiah 42, 43, Isaiah 44, all the way through. All through the Old Testament, the word of God from Genesis 3, 15 on. He is that Messiah. He is that God that would come. All the Old Testament prophets prophesied of that sufferings of Christ that should be revealed. God manifest in the flesh. Christ, the Spirit of God. They prophesied by that Spirit. When it signified, when it testified beforehand, the sufferings of Christ. Not a different Christ. Christ, the Spirit, is Christ the man. And that Christ, is the foundation for the church. It is righteousness. That righteousness is that Christ is the Father, that Christ came from the Father into the world, God manifest in flesh, as a humble state of affairs, took on him the form of a servant, not working his spirit, but working as a man, fulfilled the law as one of us. Then he broke down that middle wall of partition making the way of peace, breaking down the middle wall of partition in his own body of flesh, thereby making peace and one new man. Who is that new man? 1 Corinthians 15, 45 says, the first man, Adam, he was made a living soul. Who's that second Adam? Who's that last Adam? The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. The Lord is that spirit, 2 Corinthians 2, 17. Don't miss it. For Christ is the Father. Christ is every office of the Spirit. He's all and in all. Therefore, 
who is a liar, but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He is the Father. He is the Word. He is the Holy Ghost. He's God Almighty. He's El Shaddai. He's Elohim. He's Jehovah. He is God. Who is a liar, but he that denieth that Jesus is good, you, you deny it. Jesus is not. He's the second person that got in. No, when you do that, he hath denied both the Father. Why? Because Christ is the Father. He is that Spirit. He is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. He is the Father. He is the Word. He is the Holy Ghost. And he has denied the Son. Why? Because the Son of God is the Father revealed. They're one and the same Spirit. So if you deny that Jesus is the Christ, you've denied both the Father and the Son, 1 John 2, 22. You have to have this revelation to be born of God. Somebody said, I didn't know that. Well, read 1 John 5, verse 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ, the Spirit of God, the Father, Word, and the Holy Ghost, the Son of God, the Son of Man, every office of the Spirit, he that believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. It's born of the Spirit because the Spirit is the Spirit of truth. And you'll have that truth. We have to turn many to righteousness. Just because you see a miracle, just because you see something done, saying, let us go after God the Father, God the Son, or some Trinity doctrine, or Tunis, or Oneness, whatever, or this Oneness doctrine, but I'm not a Jesus only, that he is the only God and eternal life, the blessed and only potentate, the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God. You denied that truth. If any man abide not in this doctrine of Christ, I don't care if sparks fly off of him. I don't care if the room lights up with all kind of light. I don't care if he flies through the air. I don't care if he flies through the air and walks on the water. If he denies that truth, then he is not of God. There will be many deceived in the last days. Some shall depart from the faith. First Timothy 4, verse 1. Some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to these seducing spirits, these doctrines of devils, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Uh-oh. God said it would. He said, I'm the one who sent a strong delusion. Why? Because you had pleasure in unrighteousness. You didn't turn many to righteousness. The truth of God that he is the father of glory. The height, depth, length, and width of Christ must be revealed. The height, he is God. Always has been God and always will be God. 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. He is the father of glory. He is that Christ. He is the father. 1 John 2, 22. There, he came into the world as a man. He is that man. The Son of the living God, the Father revealed in a body of flesh and blood in a humiliated state, hereby perceiving the love of God because he laid down his life for us. Who did? God did. How? First John 3.16. He took on a body of flesh and blood and died for us. We perceive the love of God because he loved us that much to do so. For God so loved the world, he gave us only begotten son, which is the only begotten God, which is the only begotten one, the Yaqui, the Monogamous Hughes, the only begotten son, the Monogamous Theos, the only begotten God, the Yaqui. One of the same is not another. Before him is no God form, neither shall be after him. God did it. Isaiah 43, 10. The Holy One of Israel. The devils know it. We know thee, who thou art, Jesus. You're the Holy One of Israel. You're the one, God, manifest in the flesh. We know who you are. Are you come to torment us before the time? Bid that we go into those pigs. <laughs> Jesus said, go. They, all the devils believe in one God and tremble. You believe in one God, you do well. Not in three persons, there's only one. That's righteousness. Anything else. God will reprove in that day. He's doing and revealing himself in judgments now. They will become increasingly uh, more uh, pronounced, pronounced, profound, not to destroy mankind, but to get us to turn back to him, come and let us return to the Lord, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the true God and eternal life. 
And just because a person works a miracle, test the spirits, try them, see if they're of God, because many false prophets entered into the world, not just some, many, First John 4, verse 1, many. How do you know? Try the spirits. Any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ, Jesus, Jehovah's salvation, who is the Christ, that spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, is come in the flesh. He's of God. Any spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God, the Father, the Word, Holy Ghost, God Himself, is come to the face, is not of God, is that spirit of Antichrist. God's wanting us to come out of Babylon and be separated. Don't just follow someone because you've seen a sign or a miracle. Try the spirits, they, whether they are of God or not. And we're told how to do that. First John 4, verse 1 through 4. We must know the truth. God's doing it now. If this has struck a chord with you, we would like to meet you. We'd like to work together with you in the ministry. God breaking his body into one. Many of you have asked questions, sent in uh, uh, questions. Uh, uh, we'd love to hear from you. There again, we're a ministry. Uh, we're a ministry that is mobile. Uh, we're missionaries to Africa, India. Uh, we have over a thousand pastors there. Coming out of the Trinity into the one God faith. Not a oneness doctrine, not a binary doctrine, not a Trinity doctrine, but a Jesus only doctrine that God is doing now, which is righteousness. And by doing so, they're seeing a profound truth as God bringing his body together into the unity of the faith, into the knowledge of the Son of God. For you can write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906. Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or you can call me if you'd like to meet us. If you'd like to get together, we work in the unity of the faith. My country code is one plus. Area code 903-746-4885. Or you can visit us on our website. Send us a message there. Sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com, ourdennisbeard.org. Well, we want to thank you for your prayerful support and your generous offerings, whereby we keep these podcasts coming to you. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.